Well, my brothers and sisters, if you bear with me as I go over a little history, I promise I'll give you a Pink Floyd illusion later on in the homily, okay? So just wait for it, all right? So this is a wonderful feast we celebrate tonight. Very, very beautiful. All saints. And if you go back, this is about a 1,600-year-old feast, very important feast. And it, it goes back to martyrs, okay? In the ancient church, the first saints that were commemorated and venerated were martyrs, okay? And it was really only after the 4th century or so that people who didn't get killed for the gospel started to be thought of as saints and commemorated as such. Now, it was really from time immemorial that the ancient church venerated martyrs, but what started happening is over the centuries, there started to be so many martyrs that they couldn't keep track of them, literally. There would be a persecution in a particular city under Diocletian or whoever it might be, a Roman emperor, and there were just so many. It was like an overflow of martyrs, and they started to become nameless saints. And so a day was set aside in the calendar of the church to make sure that we were venerating all the saints, okay, and that we weren't missing any. That was That's kind of the historical kernel from which this feast started to develop and evolve over the years. And it's very appropriate that we hear in our gospel today the Beatitudes, okay? Now, sometimes we enumerate the Beatitudes as eight, eight Beatitudes. And that's perfectly right, of course. But if you notice, though, and you read very closely what Jesus is saying to us, in a certain sense, there's really seven Beatitudes. Because the eighth Beatitude is about, not about the the personal characteristic of the people Jesus is describing, but rather what happens to them as a result of having those personal characteristics. Okay, so for those who grow in great holiness, inevitably they will be persecuted. And so that eighth beatitude is blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. But the first seven describe uh, the inclination and the character of the persons themselves. There's seven of these beautiful characteristics. And uh, it's a very, very high degree of holiness that Jesus is describing for, for us here. Okay? He's really imaging forth or portraying for us those who are living the seven virtues of faith, hope, and love, and prudence, and justice, and temperance, and fortitude, and they're living them to a very high degree, a very high degree of intensity. Okay? And so in our theological tradition, it's what we call heroic virtue. So they're living the virtues, not at a, a common level, but at a heroic level. And uh, they're also moved and inspired by the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so they are able to perform these perfect acts of virtue, which we refer to as the Beatitudes. They are poor in spirit. They mourn. They thirst and hunger for righteousness, so forth and so on. They're pure of heart, so forth and so on. And uh, inevitably, if you attain this high level of holiness, you're going to get persecuted. Okay, You're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus himself. And uh, so today, with all saints, we look to those who are of heroic virtue. And there are those who are canonized, who we recognize, but there are a new, uh, probably millions of people who have lived a degree of of heroic virtue on this earth, and uh, they're kind of forgotten. They're not officially recognized by the church, but so that's why we recognize them tonight, and we imitate them. 
We all are called to be saints. And so, you know, me and you were probably saints with little s, you know. But we're venerating tonight and commemorating the saints with the big S, those big heroes of the faith. And uh, there's nothing to be ashamed about that, you know, that we don't quite live up to their stature. Okay, we're all called to the perfection of charity, to the perfection of holiness. Nonetheless, it's very evident, just clear as day, that not everybody cooperates to the same degree of generosity with that vocation to holiness. And so you've got various degrees of holiness in the church. And for those who are right at the top, you know, and for us who are kind of down more in the, in the bottom, in the middle, we look up to, the, to our big brothers and sisters who are at the top. And there's something beautiful that takes place. Because we're not quite at that level, what we do is we give them veneration and honor and thereby, we kind of make up for a little bit of lack that's in our own life, okay? We can depend upon their merits and their powerful intercession in heaven for us. And so some people might say, you know, well, I, I, don't, I don't need to pray to the saints. I go directly to Jesus. Who cares about the saints? I don't need them. And what I want to really impress upon us tonight, my brothers and sisters, is that having a relationship with the saints and following their paths and learning about them and venerating them and praying to them and really depending upon them is not optional for the Christian. It's really essential. How is that? Why is that? Why is Jesus not enough, so to speak? Okay. Why isn't praying to Jesus sufficient, so to speak? Well, my brothers and sisters, the lack does not reside in our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Of course, he is the embodiment of all the fullness of perfection and wisdom and goodness and holiness. Of course. But the lack resides within us, okay? And so a good analogy to understand that is it's kind of like Jesus is the sun, okay? And he's so intense, the heat and the light of his holiness is so intense that we can't even look directly at it. And so we use the saints, we look to the saints because the saints are like lenses that we can hold up to the sun that make the sun understandable, apprehensible, comprehensible. Okay, They make it so that we can actually gaze at the sun. It's through the saints that we see Jesus. Now, here's another metaphor, and I'm living up to my promise about the Pink Floyd reference. Okay, So I, I think of a prism and the whole refraction of light through a prism, and I think of the, uh, you, you know, this kind of iconic um, cover of uh, Pink Floyd. I think it's the dark side of the moon. You know, you've got the prism, and the, this light beam shines into the prism, and then it refracts into all of the beautiful spectrum, okay, of the electromagnetic spectrum, the rainbow. And uh, that is a great analogy for the relationship between Jesus and the saints. Jesus is that intense, super intense white light that shines, and all the saints taken together are like a prism. And when the, they refract Jesus. They unpack him in Christ. And the mystery of Jesus is this fullness of uh, truth and fullness of goodness and holiness. And it's, there's so much density in his holiness that we can't really comprehend him apart from the saints. And so with the saints, we unpack his holiness. We see the full spectrum of the mystery of goodness and beauty and, and truth that resides in the mystery that is, that is Jesus Christ. And so, my brothers and sisters, there would be something fundamentally lacking 
in our understanding, in our relationship with Jesus, if we didn't have the saints. Jesus is living out. You know, it wasn't that he just walked around in Palestine 2,000 years ago. He continues to live out his mystical life on the earth. But he does it through the saints. Okay? All across the course of the age of the church, he lives out his mysteries in the lives of the saints. He continues to teach, to walk amongst us, and to teach us about himself. Okay? So there would be so much that we were lacking if we didn't look to the saints. So this is the what we do tonight, my brothers and sisters, all the saints. It's, it's through the prism of all the saints that that full spectrum of Jesus' truth and goodness and holiness is made evident to us. So practically speaking, how do we, how do we kind of apply some of this stuff? Well, First of all, this is, this is a really beautiful thing. In our calendar, we celebrate the memorials of the saints. Okay? Now, actually, truth be told, on any given day of the year, there's usually up to 12 different saints that are commemorated. Okay? But the official church calendar doesn't try to pack that many in. It would be too much for us. Okay? The overload. Alright? So, you know, probably two times a week, maybe three times a week, there is a saint that is commemorated. And we can follow that. Going to daily Mass is a great opportunity to walk with the saints. And my daily Mass people can tell you, usually I will preach about the saints and teach about the saints because they're wonderful to learn about. And if you don't go to daily Mass, there are so many different helps. You can get online or get books or what have you, and you can go through the calendar day by day learning about the saints. Uh, you can notice what name, think about your name, very often, not all the time, but very often our names are names of saints, okay? So this morning I referenced, you know, I, I had never heard of the word, believe it or not, I had never heard of the personal name Carmine or Carmela or whatever like that before I came to Clyde. And then when I came to Clyde, it was like everybody was named this name, okay? You know, but, but what, it, what it is, it's Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So anybody that's got that, that name has Mary as their special saint, okay? And so all of us, not all of us, but almost all of us can think about her name. And we can know that's not an accident, okay? That providence ordained that we would have the particular name and we have a saint backing us up, our saint name. Very, very special. Also, throughout the course of our lives, we might start to discern a special affection or an affinity for or an attraction to a particular saint. And you know what that means? That's not a coincidence either. That's a sign from the Holy Spirit that that saint has been given to you and there's a special place that that saint has in your own life. Okay, that's your patron saint. And I know in my own life I can say I have my patron saint for you know various events that have happened to me over the course of probably 10, 15 years. I started to realize, you know, Saint Anthony of Egypt is my patron saint. He's this guy that God has given to me to take special care of me. And so I have this special relationship with him. I pray to him. I venerate him. So today on All Saints Day, it's a time to sort of maybe renew our dedication to our patron saints or to start thinking about, hmm, do I have a patron saint? Or what's the saint of my name? Okay? Knowing that that's not an accident. That's a special relationship, a special gift that God has given to us. And then finally, you know, it's not too old-fashioned to get a relic of the saints. Okay, this relic here is a relic of St. John Neumann. It was given to me on my ordination, my priestly ordination. 
And we have a statue, or I'm sorry, a, a stained glass window over here with St. John Neumann in it. He was the Bishop of uh, Philadelphia. And he is, I think, one of the only male, I think he's the only male canonized American Catholic saint. <laughs> so he's really, really special. And especially as a priest for me, I, I have a great veneration for him. And he's actually named after another saint that we got over here, St. Uh, John uh, Nepomuk, okay, who was a very ancient, well, not ancient, but a medieval a Bohemian saint who was martyred uh, because he refused to break the seal of the confessional. And so St. John Neumann was named after him. And the story is told that St. John Neumann was actually in, when he was making his way to Rochester, he stopped in uh, Newark. Okay? So we had the, the foot of one of the few American, the, the foot trails of one of the few American uh, saints come right through this little village of ours. And I don't know exactly what year that would have been, probably 1840 or so maybe just around the time when we were starting as a parish and being built. So in any event, my brothers and sisters, it's a great joy to be with you here. Let's remember the, the gift of all the saints, okay, and that they, who they are for us as big brothers and sisters who, who have gone before us and who show us the way. Let's surround ourselves with them, knowing that they're not optional, that they are essential to our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ.